Alright. You like to count us down? In five, four, three, two. Let's go, Steven. <laughs> I was wondering what song you were going to use. Let's go, Steven. It's your part. What do I get her part? I needed work. It was a bore. But all that changed when you walked through the door. I was assigned to aisle three. And that is. I could have saved this for the next Evil Dead episode, but I don't know when that'll be. So I feel like it was fitting here. It is. Did we do use this song? No. Did I? I? I'm second guessing myself now. I'll ask the whole wide world. How did a housewares employee land the perfect? If I did, if I did use this song, it's gonna ruin our streak of not repeating a song. Beautiful. All right. Beautiful song. Yes. Welcome to episode 115 of Santa Mira After Dark. I'm Jeremy. I'm Steven. And this week, we're just crazy about this store. Because what are we talking about today? <laughs> we're talking about the movie Intruder. Yes. From 1989. Yes, uh, directed by uh, Scott Spiegel, uh, produced by... Uh, Sam Raimi, Ted Raimi, Bruce Campbell. Uh, the starring, crew. <laughs> yeah, starring Elizabeth Cox, Renee Estevez, Dan Hicks. And I guess if you if you looked at the, uh, or if you bought like a DVD or Blu-ray of this movie, um, they heavily promoted this as a Sam Raimi and Bruce Campbell movie. Because Sam Raimi is in the movie, but he's a supporting actor. Yeah. Uh, he plays Randy. And Bruce Campbell is in the movie for like two minutes, but... They have top yeah. billing. <laughs> they have top billing on the uh, on the DVD artwork, which I thought was bizarre. But yeah, I guess you gotta try try to uh, get the money where you can. I guess, but it's that Nightmare on Elm Street 2010 marketing. Oh yeah, because they promoted Katie Cassidy. I mean, yeah. it, <laughs> at least Katie Cassidy is in that movie a lot more than Bruce Campbell is in this movie. True. Yeah. Um, we watched this movie a couple weeks ago, and I don't know about you, but I went into this movie like not knowing much about it. Like, I I, I had no idea that uh, Sam Raimi was involved in this until like I don't know. We were like halfway through the movie or something. Because yeah. for some reason, I, I didn't. Beginning, and I was like, oh, okay. Okay. I I, I didn't even notice that but like the crew's um, here <laughs> like i i recognized ted raimi but for some reason i did not recognize sam raimi mm. um so i 
didn't really know they were involved. And then once I saw Ted Raimi, I looked into it and I was like, oh, well, makes sense that uh, Sam Raimi is involved in this in some form or fashion. And, and that would explain the the competence behind this movie, because this could have very easily just been like a terrible uh, slasher movie. Yeah. But um, <clears throat> but yeah, there's a lot of like. I think I've ever seen what Sam Raimi looks like before the movie. You haven't? I don't think. Yeah, I've... I I definitely have seen him before, but I didn't recognize him. It, it, it's almost like um, Tim Burton, where you just know who he is, but you don't really yeah. know what yeah, he I looks like. Yeah, I can't tell you what he looks like either. I found that out a few years ago, and... Uh, it's and it not was real... shocking. it's it's not really uh what you would expect tim burton to look like but i expect him to look like jack skellington um no not not quite i mean he's he's dark hair and he's like kind of uh oh it kind of looks like um edward scissorhands the hair at least yeah he, he looks like uh like johnny depp's long lost brother who made oh yeah he kind of looks like his characters yeah. It it's like if Johnny Depp made like poor life decisions and wasn't famous. <laughs> that's what that's what Tim Burton looks like. But <laughs> But yeah, um yeah, I like even on Letterboxd, um Sam Raimi is on the the header for the for the movie. Like you know how they have the pictures for some movies above the above the movie. Yeah, with all the title and the poster, and then they have a picture from the movie. They have Sam Raimi up up there, but he's he's definitely like a very low supporting actor in this movie. Like this movie's essentially like revolves around the character of Jennifer. Like she's main. Mm-hmm. She she's the main girl. Uh, surprisingly, she <laughs> didn't have a career after this. Like. She was in the movie Night of the Creeps. She was in uh, The Wraith with Charlie Sheen. And then she was Mm -hmm. in Intruder. And movie-wise, like as far as Letterboxd, as far as what it's showing on Letterboxd, she didn't do much after this. So, Yeah, that seems to be a common pattern with these random 80s movies. Yeah, and I say this a lot, that I'm surprised they didn't have a bigger career because she's actually like very competent in this role like she's actually pretty decent like mm-hmm. like especially in the show we, we've seen final girls do a lot worse than what she's doing so i'm surprised her career kind of like fizzled out after this yeah. but um yeah i mean i don't know if i don't know if you looked into like some of the the backstory behind this movie um ha- have you looked into anything no. Okay, so so when um prior to the Evil Dead in 1981, uh Sam Raimi made a a shorter version of the Evil Dead. It's called like Within the Woods or something like that. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of like his test run at like getting a studio to make Evil Dead, like kind of like what uh, James Wan and Lee Wan L did with Saw, they did Saw as a short film, 
and then eventually that became uh, the major motion picture that we know. So um, around the time they did uh, the the Evil Dead short film, short film called called The Night Crew, which was a much smaller version of the movie Intruder. Mm-hmm. And it only had like three kills. It was like 30 minutes long, but eventually it, um, I don't know. They, they filmed it at like one of the stores that one of them worked at. And eventually that film became lost media. So the, uh. like that, that short film is not able to be seen, but, uh, w- within the woods is, is, uh, that's still available for anybody to check out. But the night crew, uh, is lost media. And I guess the kills came back like 10 years later into this movie. So they like held on to the, this idea of a slasher movie in a grocery store. Mm. Which is kind of opposite of what I thought happened, because when you see this movie, it's like they're trying to take advantage of the slasher boom that was going on at this time. Yeah. But... but they were actually like sitting on this idea for 10 years while all these slasher movies were coming out. And, um, yeah. And I guess, uh, uh, director, uh, Scott Spiegel is close friends with, uh, Sam Raimi and whatnot. So I guess Sam Raimi directed the short film and then went on to just produce intruder, which mm-hmm. they, they still were going to use the same name, Night Crew, and then it became uh, Night Night Crew: The Last Checkout, and then the studio was like, oh. "No, we we got to do the most. <laughs> we got to do the most basic, uh, most basic title. And we just got to call it Intruder, which I think is a doesn't really serve the film justice. I think, mm-hmm. I think, I think The Last Checkout or something like that would have been much better, but." I like the last checkout too. Yeah, because Intruder could be like anything. anything. Like technically, <laughs> like almost any slasher movie could be called Intruder. So, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I much, I, I would have much rather preferred the last checkout or something like that. But uh, regardless, they called it Intruder and went from there, and. They promoted this movie in like Fangoria magazine as like one of the goriest films, you know, of this uh-huh. era or whatever. Um, but that, but the studio c- cut it down because they only released movies that were rated R, and with the amount of gore that was in the movie, a uh, it was going to be like unrated or like NC seven seventeen or something like that. So that's why like on letterboxd or something or imdb the runtime is like an hour and 23 minutes but then mm-hmm. i don't know if you watched on shutter but the runtime on there is 89 minutes because uh that version is the unrated version mm-hmm. but i guess at the time like people were hyped to see this like very gory slasher movie that takes place in a uh, supermarket and then it, it was kind of just you know, like normal and, down. and yeah, normal, very tame. Like those reveals where like heads are rolling down uh, conveyor belts, and like people's heads are being sawed in half. Like that stuff wasn't in the movie. So, uh-huh. 
And I guess for the longest time, you were only able to watch the unrated version on a uh, a, a bootleg DVD. Kind of like how um, The Curse of Michael Myers, the producer's cut of that, was only available mm-hmm. on uh, like low-quality DVD. That's how the unrated version of this was. So, yeah, I guess eventually it, it got released, and I'm glad it did, because I think this movie... Uh, uh, ser- service very well from getting the unrated cut because I I can't imagine like a lot of the kills being cut from this thing. Yeah, it'd be like a random movie with off-screen deaths. Yeah, it it, it would have turned into like Halloween H two O, where there's just Not like dis- disturb- <laughs> there's just disturbing reveals instead of like bloody kills. But yeah. But uh, yeah, I guess that's a, I guess that's a, a good segue into getting our uh, spoiler-free thought thoughts on on the uh, this film. So, uh, yeah, w- what did we think of Intruder? I was pleasantly surprised by it. Yeah, I it was... ended up being very good. Yeah, um, I'm in the same boat as you. I expected it to be kind of like a generic slasher movie, but it's like. Honestly, probably like in my top ten slasher films of all time, and Ooh. and I, I think that needs to be a future episode at some point, like our top ten slasher movies, because mm-hmm. that, that's always been like a subgenre of horror that has been my favorite, and it tends to we be. Might, I might have to like eliminate some movies from contending, so the list isn't generic. Yeah, that's a. That's a good or like you can't repeat like, um, Halloween at my home street. <laughs> or you can't like repeat movies from the same franchise or something like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like slasher movies seem to be what we tend to come back to, which like stay tuned for uh what we're doing next week because uh it is also mm-hmm. a slasher movie. So um It is. Yeah, we've I don't know, like ever since I was like nine years old and saw Halloween four, I've always had like a soft spot for slasher movies. Like I even like in the last um, decade or so, when these like Mm -hmm. paranormal movies have been nonstop, uh, they've kind of of, like toned down over the last few years and they're coming back this year. Yeah, that's true. But they've been less common in the past, like three or four years up until now. But uh yeah, like I've I've been one That's of those funny people. ever since ever since I was a child I loved slasher movies. <laughs> Pr- pretty much. <laughs> um <clears throat> yeah like I've been one of the people like clamoring to bring back slasher movies or try to invent a new slasher. You know, like I was mm-hmm. glad I was glad to see like Halloween got its, tr- its uh new trilogy. And yeah. Strangers got a sequel, and the Strangers are getting uh, three more movies. Um, ho- hopefully, I, wonder, I guess. I wonder how that's gonna work, or when I it's g- coming out. I guess I guess it's supposed to come out in October this year. It's last I heard. Mm. Um, I don't know if they shot all three of them, or if they're waiting to see how this one does. I uh, think they did shoot all three of them. Okay, because I was gonna say it, it could turn into like the Jeepers Creepers situation where they announce a trilogy and put out 
an absolutely horrible movie, and then I'm gonna expect it to be like Terror Train. Um, the the new Strangers. Yeah, I'm. I I feel like it has like more power behind it than Terror Train got because even uh like the the new Terror Train movies movies on Tubi like they were um they're very low budget and uh, pretty much what you would expect for mm. you know a, a a straight to Tubi movie like they're actually very good for that but I mean I'm I'm looking at the director's work and he did um he did Die Hard 2 and a Nightmare on Elm Street 4 so I feel like he mm. has like some type of power behind him to make sure this isn't just like a straight to Tubi type quality um hopefully like I'm uh, it, it could very well come out and be opposite of that I'm, I'm not sure but <laughs> Yeah, regardless, um, we like even you like we've we've both been uh, those people that have been clamoring for flasher movies to come back. So, yeah, um, I guess we could probably save it for our top 10 flasher episode that I probably want to do that sooner than later, because it was an idea that I had the other day and I kind of like. Mm-hmm. Thought thought about my answers more than I should have, so um, I probably want to do that sooner than sooner than later. But um, yeah, I like that idea. I forgot where I was going with that, but oh, um, like I I feel like slasher movies don't, and we, we talked about this in the Winnie the Pooh episode. I feel like slasher movies kind of get the short end of the stick because. It feels like the the slasher movies that came out in the '80s also have the same problems that slasher movies that come out today have. But it's like forty years, like thirty, forty years of nostalgia, kind of like buries that, and people let those movies get away with things that you don't that you're, that you're less forgiving today. Um, yeah. So like Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey, uh, like Halloween Kills movies like that that come out today and get trashed. Like, I feel like if you place those movies in the 80s and obviously, you know, like the camera work and whatnot would be much less than <laughs> today and everything. But um, I, I feel like if you place those movies in the 80s, like they're much more respected. Mm-hmm. And because like Halloween Kills is like the, the perfect 80s movie. Like if that comes out in the 80s, I guarantee we're still talking about that movie today is like the best Halloween sequel because Michael Myers went on a rampage and you know, but, but anyway, yeah. back, back to, uh, back to, uh, intruder because, um, we tend to get on a tangent and talk about Halloween a lot. So, hmm. um, yeah. Um, like the, the characters in intruder, um, they're like a weird mix because they they're all like very different, they're all memorable. But for some reason I can't remember their names. Um Oh yeah, um I think I didn't really pick up anybody's name. I know Sam Raimi is Randy because I looked that up and I know Ted Raimi is uh produce Joe. So huh. uh he's just the guy who's cutting meat half the movie. Yeah. And 
doesn't even know anything that's going on because he's just listening to this listening to the same song the entire movie and it's it's hilarious um that was actually the song i tried to find to play at the beginning of the episode but i think it's just like this generic like music that they just made for the movie and i mm-hmm. I, couldn't, I couldn't find it because it it's it's just like a bunch of beep boop beep boop and he's just like jamming to this thing for for hours but um yeah it's like and, Mr. Krabs. <laughs> pretty much yeah that's um, funny. yeah where where he's listening to the robot music um but yeah and even like the kills in this movie i was talking to um uh one of my friends at work and i was like it it seems like they just walked around a grocery store and like just thought of like what what here could kill you <laughs> and, yeah and it's like oh the, the bailer could kill you that's a good idea like oh that thing that you uh hold receipts on that's a that could probably kill you um <laughs> you know like oh there's a there's a, a hook to hang meats like that's a that's a th- that'll definitely kill you and they the saw yeah yeah the the best kill of the movie which i guess actually um led to some distress with the with the crew like i guess one of the assistant producers or something she was in tears once uh she saw what they did to the the guy's face mm-hmm. cuz the way they filmed it they um used like a gelatin thing and cut that yeah but it looks so real and brutal um which i mean shout out to uh greg nicotero and uh his crew of of uh greg nicotero mm-hmm. the walking dead um king of special effects yeah uh greg nicotero greg yeah greg nicotero robert kurtzman and howard berger who i guess also did work on evil dead 2 and they were like desperately trying to get them back for this movie and i guess they couldn't find work or something so they did this entire movie for $700 each so together you know $2100 and they definitely put all their effort into this because it was like a way to kind of show that they're worthy of getting work in Hollywood yeah they, they really put all their efforts into this thing like that like the Baylor death is brutal and uh yeah the saw death is crazy so but um yeah like i said this is <clears throat> this has made it on my list with like my top 10 favorite slasher movies of all time i was very impressed um and it, it as was i cuz it 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 seemed like a basic slasher movie and then i saw it and it was like they're very competent people behind this and <laughs> like the the camera work which uh we'll get to it in the spoiler section but the camera work we we both tried to keep a list of like these crazy shots that they chose to to do that they didn't have to but like the first art horror movie yeah <laughs> yeah like the first art slasher it's like they they didn't have to do that like they could have just filmed it you know normally 
and mm-hmm. but they they did that and it makes it stand out um you know much more than other horror movies of this time which were doing like the not the bare minimum but we're just doing like normal normal movie things i guess yeah but yeah i'm curious to um to hear your list of transitions because i i tried to keep a list of all of them and it felt like every time i looked down to take a note of like a weird transition i would look up and there would be another one happening <laughs> and and i was like yeah i i can't keep doing this for the whole movie because i'm just going to miss the entire thing so mm-hmm. i kept i kept a note of some of them but i probably missed a lot yeah i also had some of them and it it almost seems like there's a lot of them that like you wouldn't even notice because it's almost as quick as like a character like pricing something but instead of pricing the item he puts the gun on the camera and puts the sticker mm-hmm. on the camera and that that's a transition <laughs> yeah. and it's like you wouldn't really nice you wouldn't really think of that cuz it's like you're watching a movie you just see that but and then and then there's ones like as obvious as like you know you're sweeping the floor and it's very clear that it's being shot through like a piece of glass so yeah. so you'd see the character sweeping the floor from the floor like it's <laughs> such a mm-hmm. weird such a weird artsy decision to do for this slasher movie so um i guess the next thing i have would be spoilers so i guess we could jump into our spoiler, yeah. spoiler section if you don't have anything else yeah. Okay. Not the safe bitches got a lot to say. All right. So, yeah, the 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 spoiler comment I had was I talked about on the poster for this movie. They put uh Sam Raimi and Bruce Campbell on it. Mhm. But on that's not even my main gripe with with the, the poster because Ooh. on like every single poster for this movie, they put Bill on it like very clearly as the killer. <laughs> mm. And when you watch the movie, it's like through the first 75 minutes, you don't really know who the killer is. Like they tease that it could be Craig who is uh, Jen's boyfriend or ex-boyfriend. Yeah. We're pretty much supposed to believe it's him. But on the poster, if you look at the poster, it's very clearly Bill. So they just spoiled this thing on the poster, and it's hilarious. Oh yeah, it is. I looked at. I just looked at the poster. Yeah, it's it's hilarious, and there's multiple posters for this movie too, and they all feature Bill as the killer. It's hilarious. Hmm. So even back then, we were kind of spoiling uh, movies through the 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 poster. I thought this was an, a new yeah. thing. Uh, there's, there's one with there, eyes that you can't really tell. Um, yeah. And then there's, I think you're scrolling through Google as well, but, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, there's one where it, it very clearly has like three different pictures of Bill on it. It's, um, hmm. it says unnerving, unrelenting, diabolical intruder. No one under seventeen admitted, and it's it's very it's very clearly Bill on the cover. So like, 
you this see is that crazy about the store. You see that poster, and it's like, yeah, that's the that's the killer. I don't know. It's such a such a weird thing to do, and I feel like. I mean, when they showed him, like, and he lived, I was like, oh yeah, he's involved, but. Yeah, I mean, I think the first time we watched this, I even made a joke that I think he was the killer because the, I guess the whole thing about this movie is that um, Bill and Danny are both, like, co-owners of the store. Mm-hmm. Somehow Bill worked his way up from, like, a butcher to being, like, a co-owner. <laughs> um, mm. Which... I mean, it is is inspiring for retail workers everywhere. You know, like if 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 you if you work hard in it at your position in any retail store, eventually you could own forty nine percent of the store. Yeah, is that how it works? I guess so. Um, but yeah, um, for selling the store, they make like a comment that the city is going to turn it into into a parking lot or something. And I, I guess that's the, it, it it's it's like corporate greed versus like the everyday man. That's like, <laughs> oh, we're, we're kind of we're kind of delving too far into like the themes of this movie, but it's like Danny who is like the corporate man who owns fifty one percent of the company, and then there's Bill who's like the common man, mm-hmm. who only owns forty nine percent. And Bill doesn't want to sell it, but he has no choice. And instead of Bill just taking his money and cutting his losses, because I feel like he's, you know, if if you get 49% of the profits for a store, like, once you sell it, I feel like you're in good shape. Yeah. Instead of uh, just keeping the money and, you know, moving to California or something, he's like, no, I'm going to, I'm going to kill Danny because he can't sell the store. (laughs) And then... (laughs) And then Jen is even like, well, the night crew didn't have anything to do with <laughs> Danny selling the store. And he's like, oh, I guess I just got carried away. <laughs> yeah. Once you get a taste, you can't stop, I guess. Yeah, I guess that's what it is. But it almost reminded me of Terror Train, where there's like that whole side plot of the characters um, having like this placed op- optimism about the train industry. <laughs> They're talking about oh, yeah. how how they're going to be, like, rich train conductors or something. Mm-hmm. It's almost like that, because then there's a side plot where they, like, go upstairs to kind of talk about, you know, like, I don't think we should sell it, and then Annie is, like, you know, fully convinced that they're going to sell the store and move on. It's funny and... how that plot comes in, because they just, like stop this intruder from attacking the lead girl and then they're like good work tonight guys but we're selling the store (laughs) yeah um i was gonna say we totally we we didn't even talk about like what set up this whole thing yeah i mean i guess now is a perfect time as any um it's uh so so this goes on for like the first twenty five minutes of the movie, which we just kind of skipped over. But it's um it's Jen who is our main girl. Her ex boyfriend Craig uh, creates a commotion in the store, 
and kind of like you know tries to get back with her and and that whole side plot with with them is just ridiculous because so correct me if I'm wrong but she says she had to break up with him because he got in a fight with someone and accidentally killed them and then mm-hmm. went, to, went to prison for a year for manslaughter which is a very um you know like a very small <laughs> small sentence to serve for manslaughter yeah but, but yeah she's in uh so she breaks up with him he goes to prison and then he gets out and now like he's just trying to get her back i think is his whole thing Mm-hmm. He confronts she her. Doesn't, she doesn't want any of it. No. Uh, he confronts her at work, and, you know, I guess it, it kind of just goes from there. It, it it turns into, like, her... Like, like, him being very possessive. Like, he's this, like, abusive boyfriend, um, which I feel like they did a lot in the 80s where the abusive boyfriend, like, comes back and saves the day. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they, they did that a lot in the 80s. It actually and... reminded me of um, something like Deadly Night 5, even though he wasn't abusive. Yeah. They just it... made him seem like a stalker, and then they're like, oh, wait, he's the savior. <laughs> yeah, like stalker or abusive or what you know, whatever it may be. Like the the bad yeah. the bad boyfriend saves the day, and it's like, oh, he's actually not that bad of a guy. But then at the end of the movie, it's like he's still you're still abusive. So like you you might have you you might have saved the girl from dying, but she's no safer. <laughs> she's she's no more safer with you now than she mm-hmm. was at the beginning of the movie. So yeah. But um, yeah, he's he like attacks her, and that leads to like one of the most hilarious fights in cinema history, where you you could just tell like these actors are doing their own stunts, like no one's really taken a hit, no one's really taken a hard fall. And they added the post production sound effects that are <laughs> just obvious. <laughs> Like a yeah, like someone get punched. Sound. Just you'll just hear like a small whack when someone gets hit. Um, yeah, it's 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 hilarious. Um, and then, like, I don't know. I don't understand the layout of this grocery store. Which I guess they actually. I you made a joke when we were watching this that it seemed like it was like a studio office or something that they mm-hmm. kind of they kind of just put store sign on and called it a day. Yeah, but I guess they actually filmed this in a store. That they had it, it was closing down, and the manager was going to be off for two weeks. Oh, um, so they they paid the guy twenty five hundred dollars to borrow the store for two weeks, and then they spent another thousand dollars to fill it with like, uh, like sick products. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, and it's it's funny because there's a lot of like actual food here but then there's like there there'll be like cans of beer and it'll just be a white label that says beer mhm and there's like a, a there's some type of mexican food that i saw in the background and it's just called chihuahua <laughs> <laughs> i didn't even um, see that so i'm i don't know it 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 only cost them a $1000 to 
fill the store, and then they donated the food to charity, so shout out to them. But <clears throat> the meat, I guess, which... The meat and the, the pet food, I guess, spoiled and led to mm. and and led to the store smelling like garbage. So the the, the poor guy that owned the store was given twenty five hundred dollars, went on vacation, and then came back and his store just smelled like garbage because of, of rotten meat. And oh, man, it was already closing. Yeah, I guess, I guess so. Might as well try it. He probably should have just did what he probably did what Bill should have done and just like wiped his hands with it and just went his went his own way. Yeah. But um yeah, I'm not sure of Bill's endgame. Cause Oh yeah, his flawed um motives. Cause it's like he he wanted to kill Danny, but like where do you go from there? And I mean, I guess, I guess he's harder to kill everybody. I guess he does kind of get his own way at the end of the movie, which we'll get to. But I don't know. I I I guess I have my my own theory about Danny actually, or not Danny, um, uh, Bill actually dying at the end of the movie. But mm. we'll, we'll get there. Okay. Um. But yeah, uh, the the most bizarre fight scene happens. Um. Craig ends up escaping, and uh, this, this is where I was going because I I didn't know the layout of the store because it's like it's like dungeons in this store, <laughs> like yeah. When Ted Raimi is cutting up meat, it's like in a dark room with like one small light, and it's like if you're working with like cleavers and stuff, can like, I I would want to see what's going on. Like I'd want to see where I'm going and like what I'm about to use. Yeah. But, but yeah, so Craig is able to hide in the store for like a decent amount of time. Like no one really finds him. Instead, he ends up being able to hide and then he encounters um he encounters Jennifer again. Mhm. And they there's another scuffle and then they get in a fight and He's quickly removed from the store, but it's it's hilarious because um, I think Sam Raimi comes up and it's either Sam or Ted. I'm not sure which one it is, but they're like grabbed and they're just like thrown through a Pepsi display. <laughs> and then they like kick him out of the store. But it's hilarious because he just like walks up to the. To like all the commotion and then he's just grabbed, slammed into a Pepsi machine, and then the fight ensues, and they just kick Craig out. It, it's hilarious. Yeah, I think the one manager walked up and acted like he stopped the whole thing, but he did not. <laughs> no. Yeah, and, and then they get together, and it's like, all right, guys, me and Danny wanted to congratulate you for how you guys handled the situation tonight. And then uh, one of the guys asks if they get a raise from this, and that's where the the devastation is revealed. That, like actually, <laughs> the store's being closed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we're, we're we're selling the store, folks. Um, everything's gonna be marked down, and we'll, we'll give you guys a good uh, a good reference if you guys put us down. And then, uh, yeah, and that, and that's it. Um, but yeah, once uh, Danny walks away, it's revealed that. 
um, Bill actually doesn't want to sell the store, and he's the minority owner. And I think I remember telling you that I feel like he's going to be involved in these killings or something, because I feel like Craig being in this supermarket killing people is a little bit too easy. Mm -hmm. Like, it's, you know, it it's just the movie but i i i felt like there was yeah. going to be a twist and then once you see the killings most of them take place with like a dark room you can't see the killer or like a first person shot um like when um when danny gets uh his eye stabbed with the receipt poker thing mm-hmm. like it it's shot through like a a beer bottle, so you can't really see yeah. who's, can't really see who's grabbing him. And I thought that one in particular, I think, was a kind of like a more normal way to shoot that because there's uh, there, there's one of the guys later. I forget who it is. Um, it might be Bub or Tim, but he's um, stabbed. But it's like the there's like a spotlight on person getting killed so you don't see who's stabbing them it's just like a hand that reach out reaches out through the darkness mm-hmm. and i'm kind of iffy on how they shot that one i mean it, it's it's a smart way to hide the killer but i feel like they could have um you know, been a little bit more creative with that one but yeah so yeah I, i'm i'm curious to see like what kind of transitions you came up with. So do you actually have like a list or did you like I do have a small list? Okay. All right. I have like the way I keep notes is I like keep notes through the movie. So they're kind of like blended in here. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm curious to hear your list. So intruder transitions and camera shots. Okay. Let's hear them. It's funny, right at the beginning of, of the movie, we take a ride in a shopping cart. We are we are the merchandise. Ooh. Because we <laughs> we see like this 30 second shot inside the shopping cart. I like it. The the movie is taking us for a ride. <laughs> yeah, we are the cereal in that scene. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what else you got? I might have missed a couple in between that and the next one, but when she says that she makes the shocking revelation that Craig was in jail for a year, the camera pans over and puts her behind bars. Yes, that was that was a great one. That was the first that was the first one I noticed. And I remember looking over to you and we just we just started kind of laughing because I don't know. It, it it it's hilarious, but I definitely applaud them for for doing something like this. Yeah. And these next two happen within like 30 seconds of each other. She was talking about how she called the cops. She's talking to him on the phone cuz he was calling and harassing. And the way it was shot, it looked like she was talking to somebody in jail. Like you know how you call they have the phone calls behind glass. Oh, interesting. I didn't even catch that one. Yeah, because she was behind glass. 
Um, yeah, it, like she was talking to him from jail. <laughs> yeah, it's like a like a little office thing. Is what yeah, it is. Now that you mention it, I I I I know what you're talking about, but I definitely didn't catch that one. Nice uh, catch. Right after right after that, we jump into the phone, and there's a camera shot from within the phone when her friend's talking to her husband or whatever. Yes, that's uh, that's one of my favorite ones. Yeah. I liked that one. And then we go to the floor because she's sweeping the floor. I think we already mentioned this one. Yeah, she's she's very clearly sweeping like a thing of glass <laughs> that the camera is just positioned. Yeah. We get yeah. that twice. Yes. Yes. And then good one. it sweeps, sweeps to the next scene. And then the first kill of the movie, um, I can't remember her friend's name. I'm bad with names in this movie. Uh, it is Linda. But she was about to get stabbed in the face. And then it transitions right to a watermelon. Yeah, uh, Ted Raimi's cutting a watermelon, I believe. And that's when I thought, oh no, this movie's going to be a bunch of off-screen deaths. Um, but it wasn't, yeah. thankfully. Yeah, you you would be wrong in in assuming that. <laughs> <laughs> Thankfully, because that's how movies do it today. Yeah, yeah. It like in the movie The Invitation we did a couple weeks ago, it would cut to. Um, yeah, you know, as much would, as I love that movie, it would, it would show someone walk into a dark room, and then you would just hear screaming, and then that's it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, as much as I love that movie, it did the off-screen death thing. Yes. Right. right, so there's another scene. I don't remember who it was. I think it was one of the two managers. Okay. But we become the doorknob, and we see the doorknob turn, and the cam camera turns with the doorknob. Yeah, I think that is after um, Danny dies, if I'm correct. So that is... Well, he, he doesn't die. He It's like teased that he dies, then it's revealed later on that he he's... Not dead yet. So I, I think that is Bill that, mm -hmm. that sees that. But yeah, we, we become the doorknob. <laughs> okay. We are also inside of the air vent. Okay. In the middle of the second death scene. Okay. It's We're in the air vent, and then we are in the beer bottle. Okay, yeah, this is the death of, of Danny, where we, we are the beer bottle. Mm-hmm. It's also not really a transition, but I liked how the light bulb gets blood on it, and then the room just turns red. Yeah, yeah, I, I, took, I took note of that, too. I forget what movie did that recently, too. But, yeah, I thought that was a nice touch. Um, I also liked how when Danny was dying... He still was like holding on to like the receipts or whatever, like the yeah the machine, so it was still printing. I thought, <laughs> that, I thought that was funny too. Yeah, but yeah, like I said, that that one is shot to where when we're in the beer bottle, we can't see who is killing Danny. So I I, I really liked how that one was shot. Mm hmm. Yeah, I liked that one too. Okay. Um, we were in the bucket. 
like the mop bucket. Oh, well, another one of my favorites. And the tears are falling into the mop bucket. Yes. I forget what you said about that, but it, it was it was poetic. I can't even remember what I said either. Okay. All right. I think I was more startled by her standing at the register for like 30 minutes, not doing anything. And everybody else has to change the prices. Yeah. <clears throat> so, so you texted me and said it's symbolizing the terrors of what the long night ahead and what the future holds afterwards. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, they they are changing the the prices. That's why everyone's working overnight. Because the first time I watched the movie, I was like, why the heck are they having everybody work overnight? And everyone's just kind of like standing around. But Linda has that one line where she's like, no wonder they have us all working tonight. It's going to take forever to change to change all these prices. And yeah. then like, like very rarely <clears throat> throughout the rest of the movie, do you see somebody changing prices? <laughs> mm-hmm. Like you'll, you'll occasionally see like Sam Raimi sitting in the beer cooler, changing prices. But, yeah. Uh, oh yeah. That goes right into my last transition that I noticed. Well, you, you would assume that this would be like a, you know, everyone would be changing prices of of everything, but you'll just see like somebody stocking the shelves, and it's like, well, that's not quite what um, they should be doing right now. <laughs> yeah, but yes, yeah, go ahead. Your your last. So he puts a sticker on the meat, and then the sticker covers the camera, and then we get a shot of the moon outside. Okay, yeah, that was the one I mentioned earlier. Yeah. Um, and it seems like once people start dying, all these shots kind of stop happening. There are a couple you missed, and uh, I guess it is speaking of... One of them is speaking of deaths, but um, it, it's when uh, uh, Ted Raimi is killed, because he's like hit in the back of the head with the knife. Mm-hmm. And you see his like headphones get cut in half, and like the knife's very clearly in his head. And then he falls down, and it shows like it's like a warning label, like watch out for sharp knives or whatever. Oh yeah, I, I, that one was also one of my favorites, and I've, I've said that about almost every one so far. But that just goes mm-hmm. to show how how good these transitions are. Um, the other one, I think it's, I think it's um, Jen and uh, one of the guys, one of her boyfriends. I think his name's. Is it, is it is it James or something like that? Might be. I don't I don't see a James on the cast list, so it's probably not James. But it might it might be it might it might be Dave. Who knows? But um, whoever, because like I guess she's very clearly like either close to dating or might be dating another guy that works at the grocery store, and they're like doing some hanky-panky on the, the, the cash register. Oh, um, yeah. Very loudly. Everyone could hear it. And on top of that, you know the managers have, like, these little holes in the in the walls where they could see things. Yeah. Which, speaking of, um, I used to work at a Kmart back in the day when those existed. And those holes in the wall where, like, the managers can see through... And like security could see through those definitely exist. I don't know if 
they're still around in stores today. But mm-hmm. at least in the Kmart, they used to um, have those like walkways up in the in the walls, and there'd be like holes in the wall that you could see. Um, yeah, just thought that was a, a nice touch. <laughs> but, um, and anyway, another You're one. You're all too familiar with it. Maybe that's why I'm a big fan of this movie because I <laughs> I used to work at a terrible Kmart store, <laughs> and that store um, closed too. Yeah, yeah, I I, I know the process of closing a store all too well. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, well, that's not unfortunately, but fortunately, I don't know about a killer <laughs> invading the yeah. store at night, but um. Anyway, uh, it's it's Jen and Dave, I think, and they're being the the way the shot is filmed is they're like it's like through a mirror in like the the ceiling or something. You know, you know how some stores have like those mirrors on top of them so you could see like would be shoplifters and stuff. Mm-hmm. It's shot through that, so it's almost like they're upside down, and. I'm actually surprised you missed this one because it's very. It goes on for a decent amount of time, and they're upside down, and it's like, it it, it it's probably one of my least favorite ones, but, um, yeah. Mm. Yeah, I don't, I don't know how I missed it. That'll also be a future episode. We're gonna rank all of the shots in uh, in, in Intruder. <laughs> well, a whole episode on it. Yeah, we're gonna rank all of the all of the transitions and camera camera work in the in intruder mm-hmm. but um i mean i guess we could talk about some of the kills now that we got the transitions out of the way um because th- those were like the two highlights i took from this movie were all the kills and the transitions so mm-hmm. uh like we said there's the one where danny is killed via I guess he's not killed, but he gets stabbed in the eye with the receipt poker thing. So that's a that's a good one. Yeah. Um, I think his name is Bub. He's the one who gets killed with the Baylor. And that one is hilarious because he sees Tim through the Baylor, okay? Mm-hmm. He's like talking trash to Tim. He's like, Tim, I know that's you. He's like, I know you're going to give me an atomic wedgie this time, but I didn't wear underwear today, so joke's on you. And I guess that's his, uh, that, that's, oh, his yeah. way of, that's his way of getting out of um, getting out of having an atomic wedgie is just not wear underwear. So strange. Yeah. And they, they show the Baylor like 30 minutes before the kill actually happens. Mm-hmm. So we know it's going to be used at some point. Yeah, I remember telling you that it's definitely that definitely has to come back. And I kind of just assumed that they would just like throw somebody in the baler and be done with it because that would be like an easy way of just doing that kill because you don't really have to do much work. Yeah, like you could just throw, you know, like something that looks like a body into the baler, and then mm-hmm. you just hear the screaming and you don't have to see anything. But I give this movie credit for actually showing like what this would actually do and yeah what happens is bill holds craig down and 
it crushes like half of his skull, like half of his head. But you, you know, you you in the unrated version, you actually see a lot of what this is doing, and I think it's mm-hmm. just another uh, testament to how great this um, effects team is. And very good. You know, just the fact that they were, they only wanted seven hundred dollars and like a chance because it's like if you give us seven hundred dollars, we'll put our all into this thing. And yeah, it it definitely showed. Um, yeah. Yeah, and another one would be the the saw kill, which we talked we touched upon earlier. Where um, yeah, that was probably the best one. Yeah, because. You actually see, because like he, he cuts his head in half from like almost where his mouth is at, mm-hmm. and you actually see like the teeth like fall, yeah, and, and like the teeth are very clearly like unattached now, so they kind of fall fall off or whatever, and just like that, that attention to detail, which I guess, like I said, they filmed it with. A gelatin mold and just mm-hmm. cut it and led to like people on the crew actually being you know like sick like <laughs> yeah like sick and crying and grossed out about something like that so that's probably the most um i guess gory one even though the baylor one is also pretty gory and like the blood yeah. blood on the light bulb from danny is pretty gory as well so I guess those are the three best ones. Mm-hmm. Um, the other ones are kind of like blend in. Yeah, the hood, like, the hood one wasn't too bad. Oh yeah, when Sam Raimi gets thrown on a, a meat hook, that's a yeah, that's a good one. And it was a Tam Ra- or Tam Raimi. Uh, uh, Tim <laughs> Raimi. It's oh my god, Ted Raimi. Okay, that's his name. Ted, Ted Raimi. Ted Raimi. Ted. Got it. Ted. I. I <laughs> I was combining uh, Ted and Sam, and it turned into Tam, and then it turned into Tim. And now <laughs> we we finally arrived at Ted Raimi. Okay. Well, we got we made it. Okay. He gets a knife in in the back of his head, and that's kind of it for him. Yeah. And um, th- there was another one where I couldn't quite remember w- what happened to this guy, but he gets cut in half. I don't remember that kill very much. I think that was the one that was stabbed with the beer cans. Oh, okay. I guess you just cut him in half post-mortem. <laughs> okay, yeah, so I, I, I think some of these are off-screen, but... I mean, you, you still see, like, an initial impact, so it's not, like... Yeah. It's not totally off-screen. Because, um, I mean, I, I, like, I've seen ones where it's, like you see the killer and the victim have an encounter and then there's like a gasp and then it just cuts and it's like we're just yeah. left to assume that they were killed. But at least you see like the actual like getting stabbed with the beer cans. Yeah. And that was a cool one too because like the beer cans kind of explode with the with the, the, the knife impact. So that's mm-hmm. actually a that's actually a cool one too, and like even the the reveals of like who is killed are 
hilarious. Like Bill, who is like this actor who plays Bill, um, Dan Hicks is like putting on the performance of a lifetime here. Hmm. Um, he was in uh, Evil Dead Two. He was in Spider Man Two. Uh, Dark Man. He's he's a Sam Raimi regular, I guess. Mm. Um, he was in Maniac Cop, which uh, is not a Sam Raimi movie, but Bruce Campbell is in that movie, and uh, Tom Atkins is in that too. So I do, I do recommend checking that one out. Oh. Um, so I mean, yeah, he's he's definitely uh, putting on like a fantastic performance. Once once it's revealed that it's him, like you mm-hmm. can you can tell he's like. I guess like lost it. <laughs> um, yeah. Cause he, he's like what I said earlier, I said, uh, we're just crazy about this store. Like he delivers that line. Like <laughs> I'm just crazy about this store. And like, he's, he's really like <laughs> taking this performance for a walk. He is crazy about the store. Mm-hmm. And, um, he's, it, it it shows like Danny crawling out of like like behind a, a shelf or something, and and it's revealed that it's just Bill like playing with his head and like trying to trick Jen into coming over and helping. Yeah, I liked that part. Yeah, and it it this scene kind of brings it back because when they're on break earlier, uh, Bill is telling him about this story when he was a volunteer firefighter. Mm-hmm. They, got, they got called to the scene of like a victim who um, was like decapitated in an accident. And then one of the guys um, found his head and like walked out of the scene holding his head and his sandwich at the same time. Mm-hmm. And like everybody threw up. And then in, in this scene, Bill is holding Danny's head and he is. Um, Holding a sandwich at the same time, so it 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 comes back there too. Yeah. Um. I guess. Um. What was it? Where was I getting at? I, I guess we kind of talk about the ending. Um. And then I guess we kind of wrap it up. Um. It's um. So so Bill's going on this like, like we said, this major like, rampage thing. I guess he said this is his. The performance that he's most proud of, which I could totally understand. I don't really remember seeing him in anything else. Like, I couldn't tell you who he is in Spider-Man 2. But... Yeah. Um, Probably one of the citizens on the train. <laughs> and he's also in the movie Porkchop 3D. So... Oh. Um, <laughs> which has six reviews on Letterboxd, so... <laughs> but, uh... Um, is that movie lost? <laughs> Um, it says it's on Amazon, but I think you have to rent it, but yeah. Um, um, so I, I I couldn't tell on this one scene, but does Jen like your pants? I think it seems like it, but then she was dry (laughs) (laughs) for the rest of the movie. So maybe not. Because I have the subtitles on, and it shows like the water, like coming out of where she's hiding. But it, it mm-hmm. subtitles mention that there's urine involved. But yeah, you're right; she is definitely dry. 
Um, Maybe it was supposed to be, but since she's dry, I guess it was just the wine. <laughs> I guess. I don't know. A wine bottle spilled. I guess. But um, I liked the part where she was hiding, and she thought it was such a good spot, but her reflection's on the ceiling. Yeah. Yeah, and... Um, yeah, but that would happen to me. Yeah, I'm like, like I said, oh, I'm, I'm in a good spot. It, it's definitely like they um, were paying attention to, you know, like all the things in the store that they could use. So I definitely applaud them for that. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. So th- there's also like the bread man that shows up at one point. Um, he's like, I guess, delivering bread at like four in the morning or something. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, wrong place, wrong time. <laughs> yeah, that that is actually the uh director of the movie uh Scott Scott Spiegel, Spiegel. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, that's actually the director in a in a brief cameo. Um Yeah, he's he's the bread delivery guy who just arrives to drop off bread and then is uh is killed. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, so so they get into a fight like outside of the store. Um, Jen is trying to escape and she gets in, like, she she discovers that uh, Linda's car is still here, who was supposed to have left hours ago, and she finds her dead body in the car. Uh And, and they, um, so, so he's like, he like pulls her from underneath the car and drags her through, and she, I guess she took the knife from Linda's body because he asked her where she got the knife. Uh-huh. And she has like a one-liner. She stabs him in the chest. And this scene is also hilarious. It's not really a transition. It's just more of like a, an effect that I'm not sure why they did it. <laughs> but um, she, like, she stabs him in the chest. He falls back. He falls back so hard that the knife shoots up out of his chest and lands in a box right right next to him. And I thought that was hilarious. Um, so then she runs to the phone booth, tries to call the police, and then she's attacked in the phone booth. Uh, the police are now on their way, which the police have been useless, um, you know, all night, I guess. Like, they show up earlier, and they... Mm-hmm. It takes them a while to get there. Like they, the store has to handle this intruder by themselves for one thing. And when they get there, like they tell them the whole situation, like there's an abusive ex-boyfriend here who is, uh, you know, dangerous. Like he killed somebody before and, and, <laughs> yeah. and they're, and they're just like, all right, well let us know if you need anything else. They just leave. Terrible. And it's like, even like, I don't know. I've like nowadays. I feel like the cops would be like, "All right, well, we'll keep someone driving around this place if you need us," and they would like keep that location. Like, just be like, "Hey, just make sure you drive past this location every once in a while." Like, you you could at least assure them that you're going to do something like that. Yeah. But no, not this police station. <laughs> um. No, that's nothing at all. Yeah. So this is where Craig is uh he he gets his redemption moment he's um he ends up attacking um 
uh, Bill in the telephone booth, and he's just like wailing on him with a meat cleaver. Uh, somehow, smacking <laughs> him with it. Yeah, like I, but I feel not like, like if, not if, actually stabbing him. If you actually know that like this guy is a killer, like you gotta like make sure he's like at least severely injured. Like at at the bare minimum, at the bare minimum, if you're not gonna kill him, you have to like cut off his hands or something, so you can't do anything yeah. else. But um, the police show up. This is where. Uh, the star of the film, Bruce Camel, according to the cover, uh, shows hmm. up <laughs> in the final two minutes of the movie. Oh, yeah, he and, is the star of the movie. Yeah. Um, he, um, yeah, he, he's a police officer, um, and he ends up arresting uh, Jen and Craig. And then um, Bill, who is still alive, who has been beaten with a meat cleaver, says that them two killed everybody in the store. Okay? Mm -hmm. So this is how bad these police officers are. Because they see this guy is, has been beaten with a meat cleaver, and their main focus is on arresting these two people and not providing help for this guy who is bleeding. Oh, yeah. So that's... that's so th th this movie ends on, a, on like, a, a, a dark note. Because it does. It, it it ends with We needed a sequel. The implication that Jen and Craig were being arrested for the murders, but in my head I created like this um uh story that goes on afterwards. So here's what I think. Mm hmm I think that Bill died. They didn't get him help. I feel like he bled to death. Yeah. There, there was like I feel like they, they were arrested for the murders then it was revealed that Bill's hand, like his, his fingerprints and his DNA are all over all over the, the, the murder weapons in the, in the store. Like, they're going to be all yeah. over. He was cutting bodies in half, so... You know, I was thinking about that last night. Because, like, there's no... I don't think her fingerprints would be on the, um, the Baylor. <laughs> yeah, so th that, that's where I'm at. I feel like they were probably eventually cleared of the charges... Yeah, because yeah, like his fingerprints would be on the baler. They'd be on like the the trash can that he was putting uh the body in. Yeah, like yeah, he he the would saw switch. Yeah, all that stuff. Like he would have to be like his DNA would have to be everywhere. So yeah. either either he either he died and they were cleared of the charges, or he lived. And then he was still arrested for the charges because there's no way. I also feel like there might, since this is a store, I feel like there probably would be security cameras somewhere. Um, unless there's a line and I, unless there's a line and I missed it that they turned it off or something. But I don't know. I don't know. This store might not have had any. I mean, I, w I wouldn't be surprised, but. Who knows? <laughs> But um, but yeah, I think that's uh, I think that's my theory on this movie that um, <laughs> that eventually off screen they were proven innocent for their crimes. Yeah. All right. <clears throat> uh, did you have we anything else about this? Needed, we needed a sequel. Yeah. Um, 
I, I do applaud like these slasher movies that are like one and done. Yeah. Like Black Christmas, uh, My Bloody Valentine. Mm-hmm. Even, though the, even though those got remakes. Um, yeah, I think I, I, I definitely applaud these like one and done movies. So. Right. Uh, did you have anything else about Truder? Mm, not not really. Okay. I just highly recommend it. Yeah. Um it's a fun time. Yeah. I I'm not sure when we're gonna do the top ten slasher movies, but I definitely want to try to do that soon. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think that's uh is that this is probably yeah. most Coming definitely soon. Yeah, this is most definitely gonna be on the list. I'm not sure like of the rules we could do with it, but we'll we'll see whenever the time comes. Yeah. All right, so uh, I talked to you about this off-camera that I could not get the AI to work to write a movie for us. Uh-huh. So unfortunately, we are going to have to skip that segment this week. Um, <clears throat> it's unfortunate because we had a bad one last week, and we had a good idea this week, and we can't do it. So, That's <laughs> all right. Maybe we'll have two next week. Yeah, maybe we'll make up for it next week. So... I guess we could jump into our recommendations. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah. All right. It's time to recommend some things you and me were recommending. All right. What would you like to recommend? I haven't seen too much this week, so I'm gonna recommend one movie i did watch it is called horror in the high desert okay i don't know if that was gonna be your recommendation or not uh it it, it was if you didn't recommend it but <clears throat> but yeah you it might we might actually do an episode on this soon maybe okay yeah it kind of feels like a summer like a summer horror movie. Yeah. Or maybe this or Lake Mungo. We'll see. But it's pretty much about this guy who was an outdoor enthusiast and he vanished in the desert. They never find found him, but we kind of see like the conclusion to everything in the movie. It's kind of like a documentary. Almost. Yeah. yeah, like without um you know, spoiling too much about it. Yeah. Cuz I I I feel like it's one of those movies that needs to be um seen to Yeah. with without knowing too much about it. Cuz that's what I did. I pretty much went in blind. Yeah, I think it, I think it was one of those things where we kind of like decided to watch it at like the last minute. Mhm. I'm like, oh, that sounds good. I'll watch that. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. All right. Um, and there's a, there's a sequel, too. I did not see the sequel yet, but... Yes, that's... Maybe I'll uh, be the, the recommendation next week, if it's good. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's to be determined. Yeah. Um, I'm going to keep it kind of like... Um, similar tone to Intruder, I guess. I'm going to recommend the movie Maniac Cop from uh, 1988. 
Um, honestly, if you've seen Intruder, you've probably seen Maniac Cop. But um, it should star the same um, cops that were in this movie. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that that would mean Tom Atkins would not be in the movie. So. Um. Yeah, it, it's um. Pretty much Bruce Camel is like, okay, so let me, let me just read the, the plot synopsis or the description. Uh, it says, in New York, people are slain and strangled to death brutally on the open street. All witnesses agree that the murderer was in a cop's uniform. Mm. Soon, soon the police search and find a suspect in its own ranks, Jack Forrest, who is played by Bruce Camel, suspected of murdering his own wife and the rest of the unfortunate individuals to die by the maniac cop's reign of terror. To prove his innocence, he investigates the case with his partner, Risa Mallory. Um, um, she is probably not in anything of note that you've seen, but... Well, she's in a bunch of horror movies. Yeah, and Tom Atkins is on the case in this movie. And if you've seen Halloween 3, um, you know how good he is when he has to kind of solve a case. <laughs> uh. <laughs> but yeah, um, I don't think Sam Raimi or Ted Raimi or anybody had like a hand in that movie, but it's still it's still pretty decent. It's funny every time I see Bruce Campbell, I expect them to be not far behind. <laughs> yeah, that that's how that's how I am too. Like every time he's in something, I'm like, oh, this 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 is a Sam Raimi movie. <laughs> <laughs> Like, oh, he produced that movie. But... Or if you see Sam Raimi's name on it, you're like, oh, I guess um, Bruce Campbell will appear. Oh, it's funny. I'm looking at Mania Cops cast. It says Sam Raimi is in it as a parade reporter. Oh, okay, so he was involved in it. Okay. Okay, yeah. I... Uh, the theory's still true. Yep. <laughs> Not far behind. Yeah, I, I'm honestly not sure of like what, uh, like the the behind the scenes stuff of Maniac Cop. Like, I don't know if the if if they knew any of the crew behind it or anything, or if they were just in it for like their work in in horror at the time. I'm not sure. I'm but, looking at the sequel, Maniac Cop Two, and Sam Raimi's. And that one too as a newscaster. Okay, interesting. I haven't seen the second one. I have heard some comparisons uh, between uh, Maniac Cop Two and Halloween Ends. So, <laughs> oh, so maybe it's very good. Yeah, I, I haven't, uh, I haven't seen that yet. But... Because we know I like Halloween Ends. And I'm looking at uh, Maniac Cop Three. Edge of Silence. Yeah, that one doesn't have any of them in it. Uh, it has Ted Raimi in it mm. as a reporter. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have the other two. No. Jackie Earl Haley is also in that. Yeah. All right. So. Um, Maybe we'll week... go through that trilogy one day. Yeah. Um, yeah, so next week we are t we're going to be talking about a another slasher movie that um, it's uh, much anticipated on my watch list. And uh, hmm. and what what is that, Stephen? Highly anticipated. Yes. 
Um. Oh, isn't it prom night two? Yes, it is. Hello, it's, Mary Lou, prom night two. Yes, it is. It is the prom season. So, what better movie to talk about than Hello, Mary Lou, prom, prom night two? And, Nothing better than that. And I am watching this prior to watching uh, the original prom night, so that's a. I don't think I, they connect at all. No, I think it's like the Silent Night, Deadly Night franchise where they're mm-hmm. connected. So. I will say the Prom Night from tw- 2008, I almost said 28, what? <laughs> 2008, the remake, I thought that was pretty good. Um. Yeah, I, I don't remember it too much. I remember not liking it. But... I see you rated it one star, and the average is 1.9, but I thought it was pretty good. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't remember it, so that is one of those ratings going off of like, memory of not liking the movie so britney snow isn't it she sure is all right (laughs) (laughs) all right so we'll be back next week with uh hello mary lou prom night two and Mm -hmm. um i might watch the prom night remake too okay um that movie (laughs) is that movie is on peacock uh amc plus shutter Tubi, and uh you can rent it so um if you want to follow us on uh, social media, you can on Instagram. <clears throat> we are at uh, Santa Mira After Dark. On Twitter, we are at Santa Mira AD Pod, and through there, you can find our personal social media accounts. And uh, mm-hmm. I think I deserve a pat on the back for uh, pushing through this episode with uh, severe allergies. Again. So once again, the allergy season is in full effect here. Didn't you have it last week, too? I sure did. And the week before that, too. I'm just pushing through all the episodes with allergies. I sure am. So until next time, I'm Jeremy. <laughs> I'm Steven, and curfew is now in session. <laughs>